Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Live with Cami. This is Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. If you're listening on our podcast, welcome to Homeschool Success with Cami Wanis. I am so excited because we are joined today by Shannon Tursky. She is absolutely fabulous. You guys have seen her. I've been dropping her name everywhere in social media this week because she's absolutely amazing and an expert in helping you teach your home teacher preschoolers and your littles. And she's a preschool teacher, but I'm going to also say that a lot of what she's sharing today is going to be able to apply to not only your preschoolers, but your first grader, your second grader, lots of those kind of things, any littles that you have. And I'm, I know a lot of people don't consider it second grade little, but when you're talking about a 12th grader versus a second grader, they're still littles. Okay. So it's important that you have this information and it still applies. You're still transitioning through a lot of areas. So Make sure that you pay attention to this today because Shannon is so amazing. You guys know I'm all about love of learning. And seriously, I'm so grateful that we connected because we are like kindred spirits when it comes to love of learning. She does it in person. She has an in-person school she's going to tell you about. But also, this is what her, she was telling me that her parents that go through her preschool, they get to like real, like kindergarten and, you know, first grade and stuff. And they're like, man, my kid wants to be back in your school. And they want to have, they want that love of learning back. They want that enjoyment and that, that freedom. And she's going to talk to you about that a little bit today, but you guys, we don't have a lot of topics and a lot of our 
lives and training and stuff on preschool. And this is something that a lot of people are asking about right now is how do I actually start? Because now we're getting homeschoolers. It used to be just homeschoolers that were coming out of public. And now we're getting homeschoolers that are like, I'm not touching public with a 10 foot pole. And we are going to start with homeschooling. So it's important for you to understand, even if you have babies right now, you're thinking about homeschooling. This is something you don't want to miss because this is just good teaching. This is just good teaching what she's sharing. And I'm super excited about it. So welcome, welcome, Shannon. And thank you for joining us today. I'm so, so excited about this. Can you please share a little bit about yourself and about kind of just your preschool experience and your kind of philosophy about education? Well, sure. Um, my name is Shannon. I am from joyandsunshinecollective.com. And um, I have been teaching preschool for 22 years. Um, which is a long time. I actually started when my daughter was in preschool and um, a couple years ago she followed in my footsteps and she was teaching down the hall for me and that was pretty cool. Now we're both at different schools so um, but she still is constantly you know we're constantly talking about um, preschool ideas and she's constantly asking questions and everything so um, in, right around the time of the pandemic I was trying to figure out because my son was graduating college and my daughter was getting married uh, right after the pandemic hit. And I said, okay, now that my kids are grown up and out of the house, who am I and what am I going to do? So I started Joy and Sunshine Collective and um, started with my blog and then started selling resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. So um, I've been doing that ever since the pandemic. And uh, the past two years, I've been teaching at a new school and um, just uh, really love to, um, you know, the whole, uh, when I was looking into being on here, Cami, I was checking you out and, you know, going back and watching all the old podcasts and everything. And I was like, just like you said, so many of the ideas just so close because that love of learning to me is the biggest thing you know when the kids come in that is my passion is to get them excited to learn just today um i'm going to give you a short little story just today um we're trying to get them to change the kids to change from writing their name in all uppercase to making sure that it's just one uppercase and the rest lowercase and this one little boy, I'm going to change his name. We're going to say his name, Sam. Um, he just kept making the A and the M littler and littler, but still uppercase. <laughs> and today he finally made that little switch to lowercase A and a lowercase M. And we, you know, I we just had a dance party. We were so excited, high-fiving, because, you know, he, he made the connection. He understood what I was saying. Not little letter. Don't make them smaller make them lowercase. And he wrote his name beautifully. It was, you know, um, so I'm always looking for opportunities to just get that joy, you know, that joy moments there. That's, that's my goal. And that's what I love teaching four-year-olds. Um, because it's, you know, at the beginning of, it's almost like they're getting ready to run a marathon and I'm at the starting gate and I get to see them, you know, jump out and just, you know, I don't know, just jump out and start their race. And I don't need to, you know, I don't get to see their, them cross the finish line necessarily as parents, we get to see, you know, each milestone, but, 
um, as a preschool teacher, we just get to see them go out of the gate. And um, that's just my absolute passion. I just love um, being in the classroom and being with the four-year-olds. As a parent, I know it's a lot of times a hard age um, because they're, you know, they're wanting to be independent and they start kind of pushing back a little bit. But in the classroom, it's just um, it's just my joy. So I'm so glad it's your joy because that was not my jam when I was in <laughs> teaching when I was teaching. I like the bigger kids, the high schoolers. Oh, they that scare was, me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my jam of the bunch of little little guys. I would definitely be overwhelmed. I've seen you guys uh, great teachers at work and it is like a giant mob like moving around the room and like it's just like amazing. I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's totally hurting cats. I love it. With yeah. high schoolers you can just be like, "Hey, sit down." Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it. It's awesome. It's awesome. And yes, yes, going, taking them and giving them the best start possible, right, is is the best thing you can do. That's such a great position to be in. And really sending them off with like a really high level of love of learning is, is absolutely incredible. So that's super great. I know you have a lot to share with us today about the different ways and you have kind of like three different stories you're going to share with us, which I'm super excited about. So, and sharing in with freedom and really keeping that idea in mind. And you guys know I'm all about freedom, the freedom scholar, right? So, and there's freedom in lots of different ways, but this isn't freedom to really be a preschooler, really be a kid, right? And learning, you guys know my mantras, homeschooling is learning through life and learning happens everywhere all the time. And that is what Shannon's about. I absolutely love that. So Shannon, can you share with us? You have an amazing quote to share with us and a little bit about what those ideas are. Yes. So as a preschool teacher, we are all about a theme. And so, you know, Freedom Scholar, I I had a quote. So there's a guy, his name's Leo Biscoglia. He is, um, I mean, he was a professor somewhere in um, California. I don't know exactly where. When I was a high schooler and college student that, um, I don't know, I just found, I think my mom bought one of his books and he is just this happy guy and his philosophies on life. I just was like, Oh, that's what I want. I just want to be the happy, joyful, you know, sunshine kind of person. And so, um, I, you know, I, this is so dating myself. I used to check out his VHS tapes at my school library. I don't know. They were almost like Ted talks, but I, I don't, they're probably when he was on PBS. I don't know. Um, so he was just a really cool guy. And so one of his quotes was in order to be, in order to learn, you have to be free, free to experiment, free to try and free to make mistakes. And, you know, putting this little package together of being on here and what, you know, what we we're going to discuss that just summed up exactly, um, how I feel as a preschool teacher and at the, you know, just with working with children. So um, I have a story for each one of those to help, um, you know, that you're able to remember it. So um, I'm going to start with the freedom to experiment. And the story I have is I'm going to start with when my son was in eighth grade. Um, my kids are 27 and 26 right now. So when he was in eighth grade, he came home and um, his science teacher had taken, he had them take all of their chairs in the classroom and lay them on the ground and then had them sit in their chairs, but upside down. So their feet, they were sitting in the chair the right way, but the chair, chair was on the ground and their feet were hanging 
off the end of the chair and then on the smart board played um, a clip probably from YouTube of a space launch and it was NASA and it was doing the countdown and you could hear um, the people in the booth talking to the astronauts as they were about to take off and then they took off and he came home and he was just super excited and I said I'm going to do that in my class. And he said, mom, you can't take stuff that I'm doing in eighth grade and do it in your preschool class. And I said, oh, watch me <laughs> that I am doing that. And so um, when I, it was time for our um, outer space lesson, you know, we're a week, we have theme weeks that, you know, we do different themes. And when it was outer space week, I, I was like, oh, guys, lay your chairs back and, um, so I have found over the past couple of years, I found um, astronauts reading children's books on YouTube and they're at the space station. And so their hair is, you know, like floating and uh, they they just read in children's books. There's a whole line of them on YouTube. And so we have found them and I, and I do that. And um, so play is important at preschool. You know, if you ask people, play is a big thing. The reason why play is a big thing is because it's a chance for children to experiment. They can, you know, when we have um, our kitchen center, we turn it over every couple of weeks into new themes. And so when it's set up like a grocery store or a pizza shop or, um, you know, right now I have a post office or it's outer space, then kids can, you know, they are not maybe go to outer space, but it, they go to the grocery store and they're practicing for those real life moments that they're going to have and they're pretending and they're imitating what their parents do. And so when they have that chance to experiment, then that's when they are learning how to interact, how to be a, a person, you know, and um, having opportunities for pre preschoolers to experiment really helps them to learn and, um, you know, I had Unifix blocks and the little blocks that you connect. And I had two little kids sit in there and I just said, you know, that you could play with them. And they were trying to build a bridge from one table to the other table. And they were seeing how far could they go before it started to fall and what they needed to do. And they sat there for, you know, 25 minutes trying to figure out how to make this connection. And so those opportunities where kids can experiment is where they start building that interest in learning. So that's the first one. Yeah, I love that. You know what's so amazing about that is I talk about all the time is boredom is actually a good thing. I know it's not necessarily popular today because we want to keep them entertained. We want to make, because when they're not, then, you know, we get fights and civil rivalry, sibling rivalry happens and complaining and whatever. And I get that that's difficult. However, when their love of learning is really high, that's the time where they start to do stuff like that. They pick mm -hmm. up blocks and they go, I don't, I'm going to pretend to make a block, you know, a bridge from this table, to this table, I'm going to do, I'm going to make a fort. I'm going to make a this, I'm going to do that. And it's so amazing to be able to get them to explore that because they're not only learning, they're not only learning critical thinking skills, they're using their creativity. They're also learning conflict resolution because you need that, right? <laughs> when they're when they're getting in arguments about stuff mm -hmm. and it's not, oh, you can teach them to not be like mom every time, you know, and just how do we re how do we reframe and how do we figure this out? But I love that because those are such important skills that are so necessary today for success in any profession, any business owner, any 
employee, any employer, all that stuff, any career, you're going to need those skills. And those are not, those are usually, I mean, very stifled in school because they have to be, they have to be in a specific, there's just, it's not, there's no room for creativity there mm -hmm. because it's, there's so many kids and it's difficult. Even teach great teachers have a hard time doing that. So I know I did. <laughs> so it's really important for them to have that downtime. I love that. That's super, super important. All right. So the next one is try. And for that, um, so in the fall, there's always that one day where it stays crisp and cool all day long and it's time to go to the playground and all, you know, I have 14 children in my class and all 14 kids need to put their coat on. And, you know, at, you know, when you're at home and you have your one child and you're putting their coat on, you just put it on for them and you zip it up and you get out the door. When we have 14, so I could just put all four, you know, me and my assistant could put all 14 coats on every day. It would be fine. But to me, it's so important that they have an opportunity to try. So when we have that day, then I have a couple kids bring their coat in and we spend 15, 20 minutes on the carpet. And um, I have three methods for putting on a coat. Um, so the first one is asking a friend to help you. Friends are so good with each other. And I actually have a story about a backpack. I had one little kid, he was just struggling and struggling to put his things in his backpack. And so I had a friend come out instead of me doing it. I had a friend come out and I was like, what can you help him? And so the friend was helping him. The other friend that was helping him had a much bigger backpack and a smaller lunchbox. And he had the brain power to ask the first friend who was struggling. He said, my lunchbox is really heavy today. Can you help me? And that friend helped him put his in nice and easy and zip it up. And I, I mean, I had tears in the hallway for that. That's a little side story. So <laughs> those, you know, that's just that trying. So fr helping friends is just they have so much more patience with each other. So the first method is asking a friend to help. And so they can hold the arms and figure that out. The next method is to put your hood on first and then you can find your arms. And the third method, which is Montessori based, um, you lay the coat on the floor and you stand where the tag is. And then you're, it kind of feels like you're standing backwards and it's called the flip method and you put your arms in and then you flip it over your head and then your jacket just goes on. And so last year I actually had a little girl that I was calling at the flip method and she said, flipperoni, pepperoni. And I said, oh, it is forever going to be known as flipperoni, pepperoni. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's just so adorable, right? So. Um, we I, we show them the three different methods and then we have kids demonstrate you know how to put the hood on and find the arms or how to do the flipperoni pepperoni and then they practice and it takes 15 or 20 minutes for everybody to get their coats on and but they have figured out that they have tried it's been a process it's not something that they necessarily thought that they could do they you know they're just like you know my mom puts my coat on for me that's how it is um but they light up when they try and they figure it out. They just get so excited. And yes, sometimes coats are inside out. Sometimes the hood is down by their tush and they're, you know, it's backwards. 
And if they don't complain, I don't fix it because they did it themselves and they tried and they're content. If they're over there like, what is wrong? Then, you know, then I'll say, well, do you want me to help you fix it? And then, you know, but those taking that time to let them try to figure this out, then when they have that, then they want to, they say, whoa, like that light bulb goes off of, whoa, like I can try things. And it might be something I thought, you know, we say all the time, you can do hard things. It's okay. Just try. You can do hard things. And when they figure it out, then that's where the little celebration and that's where the joy is, is that they tried something that was hard that they didn't think they could do. And then they figured it out. And if their friend has helped them or, you know, just whatever it is. So that was the second one. So what great life skills though. I mean, what great, that's love of learning. You guys, that's the confidence of love of learning when they get that confidence and they go out in the world and they're adults and they're like, man, I don't care if I need to learn something. It's fine. I can learn it. I just need a friend. I need a, like, I need a flipperoni. I need, I, just, I need a YouTube video on a flipperoni. Right. And I need, I need, I could do it myself. I could figure it out. And that is such a wonderful skill. A friend, of mine who is amazing. She is one of the best educators I know just in general and homeschooler expert for sure. She, uh, she talks about don't correct anything that they'll end up correcting later. And I love that. It reminded me when you were talking about the fact that they have their, you know, coats upside down, they're like, I'm good. You know, like, first of all, I would need to be in your classroom. Like, that's so fun to me. Like, I can't even like, that's super cute. But <laughs> who wants to send their kids to like Shana's classroom as I do? And I don't even have a kid that age, but I totally want to go. So it's so fun. How fun is that? I mean, if they're jamming and they spelled, you know, the wrong there, you know, they did the there, there, there's wrong. It's fine. Who cares for right now? If they're fourth yeah. grade, they're second grade. You don't need to learn that right now. Yeah. Later, later. It's okay. They spelled their name wrong. You know, let's just, and they're, they're toddlers. They spelled their name wrong. Okay. Okay. We'll work on that. But they spelled their name. Woo. You know, yeah. like the, it's the confidence that building the confidence is exactly. So, obviously, if you're going to like write something where it's going to like grandma is let card, birthday card or something like, let's write your name in the correct way. Yeah. But you know, that's who cares, right? Because you don't want to hear about it later. Why did he spell his name wrong? But <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would hear. But I love that. That's so awesome. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. The last one is make mistakes. Oh, this one's hard. Now, I am not even going to use an example of the kids in my class. I am going to use an example on myself as a teacher. <laughs> so last Christmas, the teacher across the hall, um, she is amazing. Good friend of mine. Um, she had these reindeers hanging out before Christmas. And my assistant and I were like, oh, those are so cute. We have to make those reindeer. They are adorable. And so we looked at what she had done and we started getting our stuff ready to make these adorable reindeer. And we copied the papers and, you know, had everything ready. The next morning they come in and we have all 14 kids sit down and we have these high expectations of these gorgeous reindeer. Like, you know, this is, we're just going to rock this. The hall is going to be all these reindeer, it's going to be great. And our kids, they start and, you know, there's 
we had the antlers were separate and the eyes were separate and the red nose was separate and they just needed to cut around it. And then for the head part with the ears and the, you know, the top oval and the bottom sideways oval for the bottom part of the mouth, they started cutting that out. We printed it on cardstock, brown cardstock, and the kids, it did not, we, it did not go well. <laughs> they were, they were frustrated and there, I mean, so many reindeer ears were lost that day. They were just chopping them off. <laughs> they were chopping the middle of the faces off and we're sitting there like, what, what happened? <laughs> what, why? <laughs> what did she do different? And so, um, you know, we, we said, okay, we need to regroup here. <laughs> and so we were lighthearted about it. And I, you know, then we said, okay, let's, <laughs> Let's talk, you know, they, they did okay with the eyes. They did okay with the nose. They did okay with the antlers. But the, the big piece was where the struggle point was. Some of the kids were just, you know, chopping around the edges. And so I was like, oh, what, what happened? And I realized, one, she had done a lot more cutting activities than I had leading up to these. And so her kids were more ready. Um, And she... She just went, she had a different method. And so the next day we individually sat, you know, some kids did fine with it, but the kids that were really struggling with it, we sat with them and we made sure that their thumb was in the little part and their fingers were here and their elbow was tucked and that they were using the other hand to guide them. And so the reason I tell you of how I made this horrible mistake is because from that, over Christmas break, I had some time and I thought, okay, what did I do wrong here? And I started, you know, with my TPT stuff, my teachers pay teachers stuff. I started making a scissor school. It's called super scissor school. And I said, okay, I need to dissect this. And so I've always done a pinky promise where the kids have to pinky promise before I let them use scissors that they will only cut paper because, and I, 22 years, no hair has been chopped in my classroom. <laughs> um, and some at home, um, a couple at home, and I have to say, wait, you pinky promised me that you would only cut paper. And they're like, oh, yeah, I did. Um, and so I said, wait, I need to go back to August when we're starting school and start smaller. And so I made a monthly product for, you know, a monthly cutting skill practice um, where they just start with the basic skills and it makes a little house and each day they just do a little part. And so there's just a little house and it has little fingerprints to show you like turn the paper. And I made tiny little superheroes that go on the thumb of the scissors so that they know like the superhero needs to be up. And so then this year, you know, we made our house, then we made our pumpkin, then we made our turkey. And then when it came time for reindeers this year, it was like, we were like, oh, scissor school, we're going to rock it. And it was so much better. Now, the reason is, the reason I'm telling you the story is because I made that mistake. But if I didn't make that mistake, then I wouldn't have been able to make this teacher's pay. It's one of my favorite products that I have in my store. Um, 
because it breaks down. And I really thought about how do kids learn how to cut? And, you know, there's 10,000 scissors skill things on teachers, pay teachers, you know, but I really thought about what does it take to have kids be successful with scissors? There's a cutting contract on there where they just cut instead of the pinky promise. Um, but, you know, if, and how I handled that mistake, how we handled that, me and my assistant were laughing and, you know, we were going, uh-oh, like, and blaming ourselves and, you know, just talking to the kids, what, what, how, why did that mess up? Like, what, you know, what did we need to do better? Now, we could have, I could have scolded, you know, what are you doing? Don't, you're doing it wrong. I could have taken their papers from them. I could have, you know, been ugly about it. I could have been frustrated myself and said, oh, we're not cutting anything else the rest of the year. You know, but because the, the kids learned, like, in that opportunity, I made a mistake. I'm the teacher, and I made a mistake here, and I, you know, could laugh about it. And so... You know, when we make mistakes in life, like it just happens. It's, you know, that's just mistakes and it's okay. And we can fix it. I had a little boy make a mistake today and I had him help me fix it. You know, he ripped something off and I was like, well, let's tape it back together. And he, you know, he taped it back together. And I saw the difference in his, you know, how he carried himself when he fixed the mistakes. He was so proud of himself. Like, Oh, he didn't just live in that. Oh, I made a mistake. I'm a horrible person, you know? And when you figure out how to overcome, what did they say with Edison? He didn't fail. At, uh, he learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> you know? There's, there was like five different quotes. It was 900. It was a hundred. It was 99, 10,000. But I think it's around that. We'll go with a thousand different ways not to make a light bulb. And so Still a lot. Outfit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many of us, we would give it up after two times. Way, way. <laughs> how to make up. a light bulb. Um, so you have to learn how to handle mistakes. And it's so hard as parents. We don't want to see our children fail. We don't want to see them struggle. We want them to just live this happy, perfect life, but they have to learn how to handle mistakes of in life. So, oh my gosh, that is such a great, great point. You guys. So was it last, it was a couple weeks ago. I did a whole live on how to prepare your kids for the hard work of learning, right? So it's important for you. This is that whole point. Go back and watch that again, because it's really, really important for you to let your kids fail. That's something that's really difficult for me. It's, it's in our culture to not let them fail. We give all kinds of excuses, all kinds of everything's we to create environments where failure is, you know, not happening. We don't have competition because God forbid somebody loses, you know, this whole thing. And what we really need to teach them is that struggle is the place where learning happens. Failure, and that's just what Shannon said, the failure is the place where learning happens. And so letting them struggle, and you know, I have only one kid. And so for me, letting him struggle like that was like, it was just easier for me to do it. Like, it's just easier for me. And so, you know, I only have one jacket to put on. So <laughs> I don't need to see the like, you know, the whole thing happening. And, and so it's really difficult sometimes to just when we're so busy, we're so everything to let them fail, to give them the time and the support to fail and then know how to go through that. And I think, too, what Shannon said also about being the example of failure is really important. So so being the example of like, hey, I totally messed that up. 
And so here's, you know, here's how we're going to fix it. Here's how we're going to make it right. And some, and knowing that sometimes it's, it, you can't make it right. You know, when you cut the ears off of the reindeer, sometimes you just can't put them back on. So it's okay. That's, that happens and it's okay. We're going to move on from there. What lesson did we learn? And that's really important. You guys, such great information. I, I know Shannon and I could talk forever, forever about that. And, and she is such, first of all, I love the way that elementary teachers, especially the way really lower elementary and, and preschool teachers think, because it is so, so beyond, that's not the way high school teachers think. And so, but I love how she breaks it down and like, what do we need? Let's put a little Superman on top of that. Oh my gosh. I would have never even thought of that. Like, that's so amazing. I absolutely love it. You guys. So definitely thinking about how you can let your kids experience things, explore, try, and fail and struggle. And when they make mistakes, I absolutely love that. You guys, what a great, great way to just frame your entire preschool experience. And again, this is just great teaching, right? This is great teaching for every single grade level. So whatever you're doing, they need freedom. They need freedom to explore. Even as teenagers, my kids down there, like picking books off bookshelves. Oh, this looks interesting. And I'm like, let's do that a little bit, but let's redirect a little, <laughs> you know, priorities. And so it's really important for them to explore that kind of stuff. I love that. Thank you so much, Shannon. Shannon, how do we get in touch with you and get your awesome resources on Teachers Pay Teachers? Um, everything, Instagram is where I, I'm goofy on Instagram. It's not, a, <laughs> um, so Instagram, Joy and Sunshine Collective, Teachers Pay Teachers is Joy and Sunshine Collective, and, um, I have a blog and, or a website, and that is, um, Joy and Sunshine Collective. You guys, seriously, all those links, um, I'm going to have her put these links in the comments for sure. And then in the Facebook group and they're already in YouTube. And if you're watching or you're listening to this on the podcast, they're in the show notes, make sure. And I'm also going to ask Shannon if she'll also put the quote in there too, because it's something that's important for us to help just keep in our minds. If we can like write that down, I have so many quotes all over the place to just remind me of things. So it's really, really fabulous. Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us today. I Thank know you. we're going to keep in touch. She's in our Facebook group. If you have any questions, just put them in the comments she will get back to you. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, go to joyandsunshinecollective.com and she will help you out. All right, you guys, thank you so much. I will see you again next week. Bye-bye. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how-tos, and resources, and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. 
nor does the referred product website or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.